and welcome to the Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with the indicas.com my name is abhishek and to talk about this issue's cover i have with me special correspondents kp narayana kumar and ns ramnath as well as dinesh krishnan the director of photography hello everyone hello hello hi, hi. and the first question is a very cliched one but this is what anyone who picks up this issue's forbes india is going to ask you is what is Indian hockey doing on the cover page why is indian coach out there so what was the brainstorming session like uh, kp in, in your edit- editing room it all started out you know with our interest in michael nobs because he was a fascinating character to explore hockey as we know for many years has been in the thick of all sorts of scandals controversies of player walkouts and so on and in 2008 we had reached you know the lowest point when we did not even qualify to the olympic so when uh, india beat france and qualified for the olympics this time and that too with a margin of 8-1 it was a huge splash on the media and there was a lot of celebration and so on and the spotlight turned onto a person called michael nobs who appeared out of nowhere what caught our fancy is the idea that he was convinced from day one that india is not a team that cannot play physical sport the basic charge against india for many years has been that we may have the talent but that we lack in our ability to play physical sports like you know football or hockey or basketball or any of those games but michael nobs from the beginning he has been saying that you know, over the last two or three decades india has sort of you know presided over its own decline in hockey and this he attributes to our lack of application of modern methods of coaching of nutrition and of biomechanics and other aspects of sport which has been imbibed by almost uh, all leading countries in hockey or other sport as well right and in the past year we've won four out of five tournaments under the new coach which uh, hasn't been the case before so why was he picked ahead of few other contenders so what were the one or two things that he brought to the table which impressed the authorities in india he knew exactly what to bring to the table and what he wants to correct is something that was done to indian hockey in the last few years of playing a defensive european style so he has these clear ideas having a sizable bench and also of playing only the critical tournaments and more more importantly establishing an institute of sport from where you know you would have coaches who would have looked at all these modern aspects of training and so on so he has got medicines for the you know medium term but he also has a long term vision so he's he's got a complete package and how is he as a as an individual dinesh this is for you you've done Uh, you've met him and you've met the indian players as well and you have photographed them so how is nobs as an individual how is nobs the new coach well if i have to borrow a line from mohammad ali you know it was like floating like a butterfly and singing like a bee that kind of aptly uh, summarizes uh, nobs uh, way he deals with people he is so calm on the exterior he is so relaxed it doesn't at all look like he's a he's a, he's a, he's a taskmaster but what he puts across to them is so convincing that they have total buy in along with david who is brought in this very scientific approach in how their diet should change and how the physical exercise should be and so i mean he doesn't need to kind of push at all he just he just needs to be there he just stands there casually strolling around and you can't make out that this is the man who is going to define indian hockey status in a few years time on extremely tough the players respect me and they are close and they are friends but they do know that at the end of the day it's the performance that counts not just for 
them, but for the team as well. There's nothing personal in terms of when I drop a player in these situations. They're still good friends of mine, but I push, you know, and I hate doing it, but unfortunately, to produce the results, you've got to push these players to the best of their ability, and if they can't perform, then it's not a failure on their part, because if you give it your best shot, it's not actually failure. You know, it just means you weren't quite good enough to make the team or, or perform. And, and you can live with that. What you can't live with, though, is if you just go out half-heartedly and you don't try and all the rest of it, and then you get dropped, you blame everybody else in the world except yourself. So these kids know that I am hard, I am really hard, but I treat them all with respect and get the best out of them. And we'll probably remain friends even though I've dropped them <laughs> for, for the rest of our lives. He goes on to say that it's going to be a gold medal winning uh, team. It's a matter of time. This is the man who's doing it. That is his brainchild. And I think uh, the way he's doing it is, I mean, I thought it was brilliant. So what are the couple of changes that he would have proposed, like uh, the top two or three priorities when he made it to the team? Yeah, see, a couple of things. You know, one is, Nobs was pretty clear that the Indian team had, you know, very good skills. I mean, their style was very aggressive, even though off late, they were kind of trying to move towards a European defensive style. So on one hand, they were pretty good, but what really was lacking was fitness. The first priority was to get them fit because they were they were incredibly unfit. That I expect from an Australian national player, you know, that's taken months. You know, that's literally taken, you know, three or four months to get. So his top priority is to make the people stronger, faster. And that has had some impact since Nob started his training. The fitness level went up by about 30-40%. Right. So would would love to know if one of you can put this in perspective to how it was back in the 1990s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember very clearly there was uh, a match that covered with Targat Singh who was the captain then. And he was the uh, last of the greats when he was perhaps the, the champ in the, the late 80s and early 90s when he was the captain. And India by then uh, was no longer one of the winning teams. And um, we remember soon after an international match and uh, we were in the, in the, in the flank and uh, Targat was sitting and talking to about two, three of us journalists. And he was saying, he was referring to some European teams. I think he was referring to the Germans and he was referring to their fitness. Although he was himself a captain. I mean, I'm talking about a, a captain of the Indian team and he's a third. I mean, he was a very fit third at that. He was referring to the Germans thinking, there is no way we can match up with them on fitness no matter what I try, no matter what kind of technique I use. He's a, he's a guy who hits the gym every day. He's not one of your everyday average men of India. I mean, and, and he says that if I face the Germans, or if I, I mean, for the matter, Australians or New Zealanders, there is no way I can match up with them on fitness. And he talks about not just physical size, that of course those guys had a, I mean, they're genetically different, but that apart, pure fitness-wise, these guys knew that they had, they were no match. But today when I saw these guys and I saw the fact that the fitness level of this team what I remember seeing then, the team then and now, is that these guys can actually go the distance here. Yeah. The way Nobs and David, the team them have broken down the whole schedule, the whole training schedule into various parts. I mean, I mean, they are seeing it so scientifically. It's not just a guy who's hitting the gym and you know, running for four hours together and all of that, but he, everything is broken down. You know, if you are a forward, your training is broken down depending on what your position is. And if you are a goalie, it's different. They know for a fact that they have about four months left, but this guy has got everything planned up to that particular time. And I think some of that has reflected in the in the sense that, for instance, a very simple example is that of India converting most of its penalty corners. That started happening after he came in. 
and i think sandeep singh who starred in the final against france he scored five goals and all of them from penalty corners so absolutely absolutely i mean these guys nobs was talking about the fact that india was never a great converter of penalty corners but he talks about these three people whom he is very sure is putting his money on on them you think these guys will convert just watch you know sandeep for instance you know i think he scored something like 130 odd goals penalty corner goals he's clearly one of the preeminent penalty corner specialists in the world it's me like trying to tell a specialist doctor you know you need to change your ways and do this and this i mean it's just a matter of letting him practice enough and do the things he already knows and giving him the environment you know we're we're blessed to have you know three really talented penalty corner specialists you get four errors from the opposing team now are they able to do that because they know when there is an error four error by these guys and and they get a penalty corner these guys are ready to convert it right and you spoke about you know training process and science and uh, it's then no surprise that uh, when you read the cover that he said that steve jobs is somebody who admires and looks up to one might be surprised that he comes from technology and all of that but uh, why is that why steve jobs he talks about how apple when steve jobs came back to apple he left behind a whole set of you know ideas which the app with the company had this process of elimination is is very critical he's trying to do that even with the team for instance he does not allow his team to go and participate in a whole number of uh, tournaments he says he will pick and choose only those tournaments which will make sense for him which will give them will give the team ratings and otherwise he says no he'll put them in training he loves apple i think he's made uh, all the teammates uh, pick up an ipad i think or rather uh, how was the kitty i think he he's got them all on ipad right yeah recently the players were gifted ipads by the federation so we came to know that nobs had actually made quite a contribution in ensuring that the gift was an ipad so apparently his vested interest was that he wanted the players to review their game as often as possible he's got a even the minor details are part of the larger vision it's it's like a huge program that he's laid out and he is getting it done one after the other and there's a clear logic behind everything that he does and it's showing i guess and part of that larger vision that you talk about is very clearly he has left out experienced players or who are getting slightly older maybe and he's selected a few players who have never played for india before so is that part of a strategy uh, not just for the olympics but heading forward this is one point on which you know he faced some criticism like you know there were senior players who had uh, considerable years of experience and what performed well also but what he is saying is that that he has a clear game plan which is centered around the idea of total hockey so in total hockey what you need basically large number of players who can play hard for 6 uh, to 9 minutes that kind of a time frame so you are no longer in that old world scenario you know wherein you needed four or five so called you know star players to do well in a game if you look at indian hockey 10 years ago or even 5 years ago you will very often see you know the defenders strolling up to the half line after they have thwarted an attack you know they'll be ambling around the ground so now what they are saying is that the difference is that there is no such thing the minute you have fended off an attack you sprint across the half line and you are there you are part of an attack then you come back the way they do this is that they limit the presence of a player at one time to around 6 to around 6 minutes that's the rough calculation and then there is repeated replacement when you have that kind of scheme of player rotation in mind then the idea of the big names that is something maybe that's changing 
I'm not biased by the reputations of senior players saying how good they are and not performing. I just watch the kids and you're performing, then you're going to get a chance. These kids are our future. We learnt that lesson in the Australian cricket team. You know, we had an old team. <laughs> they never won anything. And the young kids who came in are now the senior players, the Michael Clarks and all of those who are now performing. You've got to give these young kids a chance. And again, there are four or five senior players who are, you know, really mentoring these guys. So that is also happening. So uh, it's a new, it's a new kind of hockey that we are seeing today, I think. And when all this is happening on the field, there are quite a few things happening off it. Like, for instance, uh, one of the bigger news stories was about the so-called clash between the World Series hockey and the national team. Did that come in the way? Because you have the same number of pools wanting to play one tournament over the other. How is this being played out? Hockey, as we know, has not exactly been a paying sport for many years. So it is understandable that when an opportunity comes from some other side, some players, if they, if they feel that they need to play, I'm sure you know they would have their reasons. That did play on the minds of a, of a few players early on. And they were caught you know, between going there and carrying on with the Olympic team. Over a period of time, perhaps, they came to the conclusion that there's nothing like playing for the country or, you know, playing the Olympics. The people of India are paying an enormous amount of money to produce these athletes, you know, to keep them fit, keep them biomechanically, psychologically, professionally sound. And all of a sudden, you're going to take it away, and then they're going to go and play in a World Series, which is a, a non-sanctioned event. There's no biomechanic support. There's coaches that have failed all through the system. There's different playing styles. And then you're going to give them back to me two weeks before an Olympic qualifying event. And so here, you can have them back. They're half injured because they played a whole bunch of games in a month with no support in science. And you want me to qualify for the Olympics. Now, I don't think that's fair on the Indian public. But I think this did cause a little bit of confusion and uh, tension early on. But those matters seem to have been resolved for the time being. Right. And the last question was... Uh, how much of a challenge will London Olympics be or, or where do you think India will qualify? Uh, of course, in spite of India doing so well, not everybody rates the team highly in terms of finishing high on the tables. So what is Forbes India's bet and what are each one of your bets? One is the grand dream and the other is the realistic dream. The grand dream is, of course, of standing on the podium, which may happen. But the realistic dream that the Indian team is chasing right now is to be counted among the top six. Right now, they are number 10. I think I'll bet it uh, getting through to at least quarterfinals there. Okay, I think I'm willing to. They have four months to go, and the way these guys have planned it, we have seen a bit in the time we spent there, but I mean, they have a lot more to go, and these guys are really, really keyed up. And if Nobbs uh, gets his way, and uh, that's what if everything goes fine without any injuries, and, uh, and I think these guys uh, are, are good enough because the kind of skill level that India has, which Nobbs is betting on, and what he's saying is that he will hope and he will I mean, he'll really want this team to get the kind of strength to kind of withstand the 70 minutes, I think uh, quarterfinals is for sure, man. And from there, I think it's any day's game. Any any team's any day's game. I think after quarterfinals, I think I'm, I would like to bet on the team. I think if that happens, we might just have the good part of India switching on their TV sets and for once, hockey might be the, the primary sport if India does well in the Olympics. Absolutely. And on that note, I think it's time to wrap up. Thank you all of you for your time. Thank you very much. And uh, all you listeners can get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com as well as on iTunes. And to subscribe to Forbes, you can message Forbes to 51818. That's about it. Bye-bye.